Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. sum up the series this morning, which is a huge privilege, uh, the series on Open to the Spirit. I get to ask, what does this series tell us? It's been, an, it's been a, hasn't it been a remarkable series? So many people have said to me, these messages have just been something else. So if you've missed one or two on the way through, really recommend checking out our YouTube channel and, and having a listen to them. They are, they've been amazing. Uh, and so I get to say, what does this tell us? And you may have heard that silly story about Batman and Robin that are on a camping trip. And uh, Batman in the wee small hours says to Robin, Robin, look up, what do you see? And he says, millions of stars. And Batman says, what does that tell you? And Robin says, well, astronomically, it tells me there are millions of galaxies and billions of stars. And uh, uh, meteorologically, it tells me tomorrow will probably be a lovely day. Theologically, it tells me God is a great creator. What does it tell you? And Batman thinks for a moment and says, somebody's stolen our tent. (laughs) It's corny, isn't it? Sorry, but I had to do it. (laughs) Planning and preparing and talking with the ministry leaders about this and listening through the series, knowing that this would be my role at the end, the conviction really grew that God wanted us to conclude this series on being open to the Spirit by being open to the Spirit. And as we conclude this morning, we want to make room for just that, to be open to the Spirit. But don't panic, don't get nervous. (laughs) Let me give you the context. I love Acts chapter 16 where the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Jesus because that's how he always acts. He always acts like Jesus would, full of grace and mercy, and love, and peace, and honouring the people to whom he ministers. When Jesus was baptised in Mark 1, we read, the Spirit descended on him like a dove. It didn't swoop on him like a hawk. And the Spirit says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He doesn't say, behold, I kick the door in like some sort of police raid. So the Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit will be with us, is with us today. And this series is, well, it's kind of like our silent retreats. Our silent retreat is coming up in September, about to be open. The countryside at that time of year is magnificent, so we would love you to join us. Most people come thinking, I could never be silent for that long, and come back again after their first. In fact, Merle really thought, I'm pastoral. How can I be with these people I love and not speak? And yet she had one of her most profound experiences of God at one of those retreats. And young adults, you've just done some uh, a weekend on the disciplines. We'd love some of you to come. So maybe would you just pray about, would this be the Lord's next step for you? But at our silent retreats, we just trust one beautiful promise in Hosea, where he says, if we really want to know God, if we press on to know him, he will come as surely as it dawned this morning, As surely as the winter rains will come today, he will come. And all we do is make room for that without any pressure, without any telling the Holy Spirit what he's going to do. Worse still, trying to make something happen. It isn't something we do. It's something he does. You've arrived here today with all sorts of things on your mind and heart. And that's great. 
And bringing that to God is really important. So in a moment of silence, I want to give you an opportunity to put before the Lord, not the things you have to think about, the things that are right there. And any concerns you might have about me saying we want to be a little more open, just give it to God. Let's just do that. Father, we we bring these things to you now. They're on our heart and mind. We place them before you. Because we know before we call you answer, you know how many hairs on our head. You love us deeply. So we give them to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And now, would you just be open to what's on God's mind for you? What does he want to say to you this morning? What does the Spirit want to to say to you and by the way this series on being open to the spirit is not starting something new oh my goodness we're not saying well let's try something new let's try being open to the spirit we wouldn't have this facility if this church hadn't been open to the spirit since the Sunday school started in Brentwood over 60 years ago every step has been because the people of God were open to the spirit of God and that has, so many miracles had to happen and did for us to be here. When we moved out with enough money to buy this land and nothing to build with. But the people of God listened to the Spirit of God. And it has to be that way because unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. We don't want anything that God isn't doing. I love what Richard Raw says, my favourite heretic. He says... God, we are, we are already totally in the presence of God. What is absent is awareness, awareness that he is here. Earlier this year, I talked about having a deep awareness of God being with me when I was in hospital. Two weeks ago, I was back uh, for another reason, overnight. And talking to Mel later that night, I said I had this experience that I had no sense of God's presence. I kind of felt quite on my own, really. But I kept running into example after example of the Spirit going before me, providing for me, loving, merciful kindness. Um, He gave me a wonderful GP who listens to the Spirit of God. The centre to which he sent me. I walked in and a church member of about 30 years, a church family member, was on duty, just happened to be there that day. And she's only there every second week. Uh, the specialist who was fully booked but squeezed me in, she was able to tell me is the, one of the best in the country for the thing that I was experiencing. In my overnight stay, a lovely nurse said, my mum and dad uh, worship at your place and they're dear friends of ours. That dad was kayaking early in the morning and for some reason I was on his heart way more than usual so he prayed for me as he was paddling. When he got home, his wife handed him a note from that daughter saying, Graham's in my ward. And he came to see me. And then as though someone choreographed it, another brother came in and, and said just as he was leaving, do you mind if I pray for you? And it was a powerful and significant prayer. At our prayer meeting, early morning prayer meeting, it was concluding yesterday and just as I thought, oh gosh, I haven't asked them to pray for me. And I was about to. And as they, everybody stopped, one, one of the people present said, I have a deep conviction we should gather around Graham and pray for him. And don't think, oh, well, you're a pastor. That's different for pastors. No, it's not. As Dan reminded you a couple of weeks ago, I love to say the ground around the cross is dead level. And I love to say it because it is. 
And I had at this stage planned to interview Neil Postman, get him to share very briefly with you a, a magnificent experience as his wife was on her way to be with the Lord where the, the Spirit prompted him to do something. He checked it out with one of the pastors and then obeyed. It was a beautiful thing. And if you see him, get him to tell you the story. He can't be with us today because he doesn't want to give everybody the bug that he happens to be uh, overcoming at the moment. So sadly, he can't be here. But as I watched Noreen, I thought, well, there you are. I remember our first contact with Mount Pleasant 40, 39 years ago was at a youth camp and uh, she was in the youth group and she is a woman of God but she's real let me tell you one day she was on our front doorstep and uh, I said hi kiddo and she went um, I'm not here to see you uh, and walked past down into our boys bedroom the twins tipped one of them out on the floor sat next to him and said we need to talk she's that sort of person but why, when she told us she was going back to Cambodia, we didn't think that was a really good idea. But she's open to the spirit. And when Cambodia locked down and people were literally starving because they were locked down and they don't have refrigeration, so if they can't go to the market every day, they have no food. And these people were eating lizards and rats. Because the people of God in this place are open to the Spirit, we had funds that Jonathan could allocate. Others were just prompted by the Spirit and gave generously as you always do. So we're not starting being open to the Spirit today. What we're saying is maybe God is inviting you. Uh, so many of you could tell stories of the Spirit leading you. Well, I believe he wants us to move into fresh levels of that. He wants us to dive deeper into the ocean of God. The river of God, sorry. Dive deeper into the river of God. He wants us to, to carry us on eagles' wings. And eagles have a fair bit in the, the talk today. He wants to show you more clearly how much he's already at work in your life, but how much more he wants to do. Nick says to, said to us a, a couple of times lately, hasn't he, that verse that Jesus said, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the Father want to give the Holy Spirit to you? Our readings today come from Romans 8 and Ezekiel 36. They're both very well-known passages. So if you have your Bible in uh, written or telephone form, you might want to turn it up. It's on the screen, as you can see. <clears throat> Excuse me, Romans Romans 8, 26 to 28. Thanks, Luke. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to follow my laws. When Dick and I were choosing a title for today, because it didn't have one, uh, we, I, I mentioned a phrase that jumped out at me when Simon said it in the second week of the series, and then Sue used it in a word in, word in season. And again, it just kind of went off, and it was this phrase, the Spirit of God was hovering. And so we've called today, open to the Spirit who hovers comes, of course, from the second verse in the Bible. Genesis, uh, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. 
And thank God we, we talk about the miracle of the Spirit indwelling us, and we should, because it's, it's, it's eternal life changing. Changes your life for eternity when the Spirit moves in, and you can invite him to today. But we, we don't do so much on the fact that the Spirit hovers over us. Like that beautiful prayer that's attributed to St. Patrick. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right hand, Christ on my left. See, the reality of the Spirit hovering over us runs right the way through Scripture. I've been really struck this week by how much it's in there. Just take the book of Psalms, for example. There's a lovely phrase, take refuge in the shelter of your wings. So look at these verses. In Psalm 61, I long to take refuge. In Psalm 57, I will take refuge. In Psalm 36, how priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge. You see that? image be under his wings and if you have stories of the spirit at work in your life how fresh are they how new because he doesn't want us to shrill up he wants us to be fresh and green still bearing fruit so what does that tell us what happens where the spirit hovers well, the spirit who hovers breathes life. In 1 Corinthians 15, he's called the life-giving spirit. The entire creation started that way, as we've just said. The spirit of God hovering over the waters and creation comes into being. And there's a beautiful, clear illustration of this when Mary is talking to the angel Gabriel, who has just given her this stunning news that her child will be the son of God. And she says, how can this be? I've never been with a man. And the, the, the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will hover over you. And therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. See, where the Spirit hovers, he breathes life. And there's no life anywhere else. Anything I'm doing out here in my own strength, my own ideas, my own agenda is ultimately futile. It really is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. When we walked through this facility just before it opened, I said to Merle, honey, we're a couple of kids from the suburbs. And look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Secondly, the spirit who hovers protects us. There's a beautiful prayer in Psalm 17 about this. The prayer is, keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Now that prayer comes from the lived experience of the Exodus. It's in the song that Moses taught the, the, the children of Israel the last time he spoke to them. And in that you read these words. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young. Fierce, protective love. It's the same verb. That hovers there is the same word as in Genesis 1, by the way. I got an example of that fierce protective love of eagles recently. One of the committees I serve on, uh, was um, we, we were looking at um, a particular area of the state that's fragile ecologically. And so because we didn't want to do any damage, they thought they would survey this by drone. And we saw several good examples. And then we're watching one of them. And all of a sudden, there were two flashes of light and it all went black. And we were all shocked. And the guy, obviously, he knew it was coming. He was laughing. And he said, well, let me tell you what happened. 
A wedge-tailed eagle decided this flying thing was too close to its young. And we found our very expensive drone in several pieces on the desert floor. And we check where the eagle's nests are before we fly drones now. Fierce, protective love of God. It says he will cover you if you stay close to him. He'll cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. See, so, so if you're there to get to you, a trial has to come past God. And if he lets it past, it's for your good. It's for my good. That's why the scripture in our reading says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. You remember last week, though, there's another part to this story, I know. It sounds lovely so far, but Peter told us our human nature just constantly drags us away. Paul the Apostle writes about that in Romans 7. And great example Peter used of the longshore drift at the coast. You go into the sea and you just get dragged down the beach. But you don't know you are. You think you're pretty much still in the same place. The enemy does try to divert and distract and discourage and drain and lie. And Nick said he's intent on feeding our doubts and reinforcing our sense of failure. Remember Peter said he used to tell, he tells his boy, keep your eye on the umbrella. And we do that with our grandchildren. We go with them to Florida. And last time we were there, before COVID, um, there were eight of us, two sets of grandparents, two sets of parents, and all watching the grandchildren. Who's got Miller? Who's watching Charlotte? Where's Simon? We didn't sit in the deck chairs and sip the caries and you know, hope, hope they had a nice time in the water. We were up and we were active. And the reason we were hovering is because we knew they would forget. Of course we told them to keep your eye on, the, on, on us. And of course we knew they wouldn't. And we knew they were weak. The surf was stronger than them. And we knew that they were inexperienced and wouldn't see danger. Do you, did you notice the, the reading, what the reading started with this morning? The spirit who hovers helps us in our weakness. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. See, we're, we're weak. We're inexperienced. We don't see the danger. And the Spirit doesn't stand off and say, well, I told you. It's up to you. No, he hovers because he knows we're weak. Listen to the reading again. What happens when the Spirit sees us off where we shouldn't be? The Spirit intercedes for us at a depth beyond human utterance according to God's will. If you want to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Pray, Holy Spirit, I surrender. Because he sees that it is. The Spirit isn't attracted to our strengths, not having it all together. Dan reminded us of the danger of feeling superior, uh, of thinking, I need God, but I don't need you. Cutting ourselves off from the Spirit, hovering in our church family members and revealing Jesus to us. There is a posture that actually I think expresses being open to the spirit who hovers. It's this one. Father, can't do this. In Genesis 1-2, the spirit is hovering over formless, empty darkness. That's where he comes. In Moses' song that, that talks about the fierce protection of God, it begins with these words, in a desert land he found him, in a howling barren waste. 
Simon told us how God took Ezekiel into a valley of dry bones, a place of no hope. Mia, leading us in worship a couple of weeks ago, was prompted to read Psalm 34. She read the words that are on the screen. I'll glory in the Lord, let the afflicted hear and rejoice. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those that are crushed. There's a beautiful, Father George Montague, I think, puts it beautifully. He says, because... The spirit was hovering over it. Chaos became promise. And God wants to bring promise into our lives today. And finally, the spirit who empowers, sorry, the spirit who hovers, empowers. Empowers. Uh, there's a story told of a, a forester who wasn't the, he wasn't the sharpest pencil in the case. And a couple of his friends were walking past one day and saw him working on a tree with an axe. And they said, what, are you practicing for the log chop at the Royal Show? No, no, he said, I use axes. So why don't you use a chainsaw? Never heard of it. So we should get one. You, you, you will never know the difference it makes until you try. So he did. Three days later, he went back to the store he'd bought it from, threw it on the ground in disgust. His hands were a mess. He was exhausted. And he said, you can have it back. It's useless. It doesn't work. And the hardware man was stunned. He says, brand new. Let me try it. And he pulled the cord and the, the, the engine roared into life. And the forester said, what's that noise? <laughs> See, and this pick, by the way, was taken when he was about to start a chainsaw for the first time. And as you can see, he really isn't the sharpest pencil in the case. But trying to follow Jesus on your own is as pointless as trying to cut down a tree with a chainsaw that you haven't switched on. So let's go to our second reading and a beautiful promise in that second reading. When we look at it, often we concentrate on the first bit where God says, I'll take out your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. But look what it says here. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I'll do it. That, that, that move you, it's translated in other translations, I'll cause you to follow you, I'll cause you to follow me, I'll bring it about, I'll enable you, I will empower you. The message put, I've got that on the screen for you, it's a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed, I'll put my spirit in you and I will make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. So the only place of power is under the spirit's wings. Because you are my help, Psalm 63 says, I will sing in the shadow of your wings. And Paul reminded the Philippians, it's God who acts in you to will and to do his good purpose. It is God. So it's not a case of striving harder out there, but coming in under the wings of God and surrendering to the spirit of God and being empowered by him like Peter's vacuum cleaner last week. So how does this work? Well, one final image from eagles that I think explains it. Beautiful bald eagle from the United States. Now, I've heard two world-known preachers use the example of a story that's running around the internet that an eagle, when it's getting older, finds a cave, you heard this, pulls all its feathers out, then breaks its talons and its beaks and waits for the new ones to grow. Now, those two preachers, what they said was true to Scripture, but it's absolute rubbish for eagles. Any eagle that pulls its feathers out isn't going to get any more. So a, a, a naked eagle without talons or beak, that actually is just ready to be wrapped in plastic and given to the First Nations people who eat eagles because it's, it's dying. That, that eagle ain't going anywhere anymore. But what really happens, I think, beautifully illustrates the Scripture. 
As you can see on the left there, you've got the juvenile eagle, pretty scruffy. But over five years, that beautiful plumage of the adult eagle emerges over a period of five years. The eagle is renewed as it matures. It's re and that's why the scripture says, the Lord satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed. Older people like me, your youth is renewed like the eagles. As we stay under, amen Trish, as we stay under the Lord's cover. See, and he feeds us with good things. When I get out on my own, I have destructive things. I have stress-inducing things. But as I stay under his wings, I get good things and I mature. As I bring, as I come to his word to hear from him, come, for him, come to his word to see him. The scripture says, our faces shining with the brightness of his face, our lives gradually become brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives. And we become like him. Michael, you said the spirit makes what we know in our minds reality in our hearts. By the way, we become like him, not like someone else. Dan reminded us that people can think, well, I'm, I'm useless because I'm not like them. I said to Simon and Nick this week, it's funny how people think they've got to be like someone else. Oh, I wish I could be like Nick. And instantly Nick said, well, that's your first mistake. We don't have to be like each other, but we do have to be like Jesus. And as each of us, see, you have a unique capacity to show Jesus. And unless you're letting the Spirit hover and letting that flow through you, I'm poorer because I need you to reflect Jesus to me. The way those people reflected Jesus to me in my health journey. We each need one another. See, the scripture says, it's on the screen, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That word rest is the Greek word loon, and it means kind of an overnight stay. You know when you've been traveling and you're exhausted and you've driven forever and you see the lights of the place where you know you have a booking. And then finally you get to shut the door and have a shower, comfortable bed, we hope. <laughs> it's a, well, this is, God is saying, rest in me. Come to me. It's a quote that Simon gave us in week two that I think is relevant now. Surrender to the mystery of the fire of the spirit that burns within you. The flame that consumes, purifies, sets everything aglow with peace, joy, boldness and extravagant love. In a moment, well, I'll ask now for uh, Jonathan and Derek to come. And what we want to do now for a, a few minutes, the, uh, fortunately, I was, I was worried about our MPK, if we, if we overran, what would happen for them. But uh, Em said to me, actually, I was praying we'd have a little bit more time this morning because we want to wrap up what uh, we've been doing. So we have time. And we want you to be able to just be with the Holy Spirit. And when jo There's a particular song that Derek was actually playing it in a musical quiz for the seniors. But as he played it, it just went off for me and I thought, I think that's the song. And Jonathan will sing it to you. Join in quietly if you like, but let him sing it over you, as it were, as a prayer. And, and it talks about the fact that we just bring brokenness. And if you're sensing the Holy Spirit say to you, you know what, you can take another step.
Come on, the spirit and the bride say come. When Jonathan sung that for us, Derek will just keep playing whatever the Lord lays on his heart and our ministry leaders will come to the front and if you would like to come forward, they will anoint you with oil and just pray a very, it'll be a very brief prayer. If you would like longer, more detailed prayer, come tonight to Ignite at five o'clock. We're also going to be anointing with oil and praying for people for as long as it takes tonight. This morning will necessarily be brief, but they'll be basically saying the Lord bless you and keep you, committing you into the grace of God. And by coming, you'll say, Holy Spirit, I'm open for more. I'm open. I hear your call. I want to be under the shadow of your wings. I want to be empowered by you. Maybe for the first time you can say, I've come to church a lot, but I haven't opened to you, Holy Spirit. God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you for entering me because he will. Now, if no one comes forward, that's fine. We, we as a ministry team believe we need to make this opportunity. But what, how you just be with God in this moment. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.